0: Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today, I'd like to talk just a little bit about the Allagash Abduction. This is a reported UFO abduction that took place back in 1976. There were four fellows involved, two brothers, Jim and Jack Weiner, and their friends, uh, Charles Fultz and Charles Rock. I may or may not be pronouncing those names correctly. Okay, like I said, this is 1976. There's are young guys and they decided to go on a camping trip uh, in their home state, uh, in Maine, up there in the Lake area. It's a wilderness area, uh, quite a ways from the nearest town. As it turns out, they got up there on their camping trip. They get settled in, and on the first uh, evening or so, they're actually out in the canoe and they spot um, their first encounter with the UFO, which appeared to be a ball of light. They observe this for a few minutes and then it disappears. Now, a day or two later, they're back out on the lake, and they observe this uh, ball of light again. But this time it's closer. And one of the brothers, I believe it was Jim, describes this as being about 80 feet across. And they describe the um, appearance of it as if it's almost like an energy ball. In fact, the one fellow the one, uh, uh, says that it looked like the inside of a kiln when it's so hot that, it, that the flames almost take on their own life. That was the kind of appearance it had to him. He described it as plasma. So they're watching this thing and the four guys are in the canoe and one of the guys, uh, Charles Fultz, decides to pick up an old flashlight and uh, signal an SOS to it for just whatever reason. picks up the light, he shines it at this energy ball, UFO, whatever you want to call it, blinks the light off and on three times and boom. This thing sends out a, a uh, beam of light sweeping across the lake like a searchlight. And next thing you know, it's right on them. They're in the canoe. Now, when this happens, all the guys seem to describe a feeling of uh, dread. Uh, they're not comfortable. They're anxious about the situation. And they uh, describe how they observe this light, how bright it is, how it seems like it has its own, I suppose you would call mass. At any rate, they're observing this. And then they say the next thing they remember, they're standing uh, on the edge of the of the shore on this little island they're camping on, just a little ways from where they were just at, and they're looking up uh, at the sky and here this large orb is still there positioned, and uh, they're just watching it. And within I guess a few minutes, this thing uh, sends out a light beam again, but this time it's not toward them. This time the beam is directed toward uh, space. And they just watch this uh, orb uh, zoom off into space following this beam of light that is projecting like some sort of a tracker beam, and then it's gone. Now, that's the sighting part of the story. They just more or less are out there on the canoe on the lake. They have a brief encounter the first day, and then a day or two later, it was nighttime, of course, they have the second encounter. They describe this thing as a large plasma ball, bright light, 80 feet or so across that emits... A intensely bright beam of light. They report that to the um, uh, game warden or conservation officer, whatever you want to call him, on the way home. And then this is in 1976, so about two years later, uh, one of the one of the the uh, brothers uh, is working in, a, in on a construction job. I, as a an electrician apprentice or something. Anyway, he's upstairs in a room and in this room he thought that uh there was a floor there but actually what it was was an abandoned stairwell and he falls he falls a couple stories down and he lands in a sitting position in which impacts his spine and causes some pretty serious injuries he gets uh, a little bit of brain damage out of it and um suffers from some epileptic seizures for at least a while well during this period when he's trying to recuperate he begins to have uh, what i would describe as lucid dreaming or Nightmares that were so real that he actually felt like he was awake while he was having them and these nightmares involved Him being on a table on a brightly lit room with beings around him And uh, his brother being there and the other two gentlemen being there and just and just basically being prodded and probed By what, whatever it was that was doing it. So he has a conversation with his uh, Other brother. I think it was it was Jim that had the dreams. And he has a conversation with Jack or vice versa. Anyway before it's all said and done uh, their brother says yes i'm having the dreams too." so they all four decide to go see uh, this hypnotherapist slash um, psychologist whatever and they undergo uh... regressive uh, memory uh, treatment and that goes on for like a year and a half and the person that does the hypnotic therapy with them instructs them not to talk to each other about what they're finding out in their sessions and on and on and anyway after about a year and a half uh, they all get together and they conclude that they have been in fact abducted by aliens and they repress these memories and they begin to draw pictures of uh, uh, aliens that they describe as uh, ant heads they look kind of like the typical praying mantis type alien to me and they go into great detail about how the hands work now these guys all four of these guys are pretty skilled guys uh, the, the one uh, uh, Wiener brother, he's like a master craftsman with ceramics. Um, Charles uh, Foltz, he, he was majoring in photography, he says, but he ends up going into medical, medical photography. And he, you can tell from the interview, he's a really smart guy. I mean, technically, ex- extremely bright guy. And um, the other Fultz brother, he's he's a, just a class A artist. And uh, he goes into talking about how after you know, the, the uh, sighting and the abduction. Uh, he's he's uh, doing all these paintings and illustrations based on uh, Patterns of Five. And You can go on and watch a little bit of the videos posted online. It's really fascinating. It's really some cool stuff that he's making. And the other brother, he got into ceramics. And I mean, you cannot believe the stuff this guy could make. And he's also got the idea, you know, that uh, the old temple site somehow... Uh, correspond to uh, uh, macroprocessors as opposed to microprocessors. And so all the three of the guys, the three guys that really got into the uh, re- recovered memories, it's clearly that they're all bright people, but they all claim that they have become extremely intuitive and uh, even more skilled after this, uh, so, this alleged abduction. So it is interesting, I mean, to, to look at some of the work. Now the other fellow, the fourth fellow, uh, he went along with this for quite a while. But now in a couple years ago, he came out and said, well, there was no abduction. And the other three guys said, well, he wouldn't cooperate with the hypnotist. Well, the fact is some people just uh, aren't suggestive enough to be hypnotized. They're, they're, just not, they're just not amenable to it. But there has turned out to be quite a, a fracture between the friendship on three of the guys say, that they believe that their recovered memories are correct, and um, excuse me, not Mr. Fowler, Mr. Mr. Uh, uh, Rack, Chuck Rack. He says that no, that there never was, there never was uh, any abduction. But he does say that the sighting took place. And so this brings us to the question of uh, when we're examining these UFO UFO cases, how much. Uh, how much talk do we put into things like recovered memories. Now some of the some of the stuff I came across said that yes these guys did pass a polygraph test but I haven't been able to really um, prove that out to myself at least to the extent of someone like Travis Walton who has passed multiple uh, polygraph tests and has had uh, law enforcement folks come forward and say oh yeah all four of these guys did this. but. This here case, the Oligash case, is a really interesting case. And it does, uh, the sighting itself does ring true. It's a it's the type of sighting that other people have had. But as far as the abduction part goes, I'm not sure. And I look back at this, I think about something else that happened around the time of this abduction. So the abduction was in 1976, and the recovered memories took place between 1978 and uh, the middle of, or before 1980, about a year and a half, they said. But remember, in 1977, a particular movie came out, and that movie was uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And if you're old enough to remember, like I am, you'll remember that the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind was a landmark movie, Spielberg. And when you look at that movie, sometimes you wonder, was Spielberg just a really smart guy that was ahead of the curve Or are some of these abduction stories uh, a lot more like something that they saw on the movie and then thought they remembered it down the road? I don't know. I really can't be the judge of that. But like I said, it's a fascinating case. It's definitely worth taking a look at. Uh, Stop by the website. I have links to uh, interviews and documents with uh, the different uh, folks that were involved. And uh, there's some great documentary work, uh, film work that's been done on this that you can watch. So that's all for today. Uh, remember, stop by the site, ufowarning.com Over and out. <laughs>